Welcome to Chapter 55 of the Kinsman Die Podcast, home of fantasy fiction based on Norse mythology that's written and read by me, Matt Bishop. In this podcast, I read my first novel, Kinsman Die, one chapter at a time. And with each episode, when it makes sense, I provide some commentary about the source materials I've referenced in the text. This week, we're back with Hoder. Last time we were with him, he had enjoyed his first night outside the Wayhouse, where he lives with his girlfriend, Alara. He is visited by Gary, one of Odin's wolves, who had brought a fresh fruit from Yggdrasil's boughs. Hodur was strongly tempted to eat of the fruit, but smoke blew into his face and discouraged him. He appears to be faced with a choice. So let's get to it. Chapter 55. Hodur. Again, I simply cannot apologize enough for the injuries my horse caused. Lop said in a voice that made Hoder's skin crawl. I am hugely relieved to see you up and about. Hoder shifted in his chair, his fingers tapping the cool sides of his stoneware cup. Behind him, Alara's wayhouse was in full flow for the evening. Many traders were bustling through Ifington, trying to finish one last trip to Gladsheim before midwinter, or get home before the bad weather set in. And if the tickle in his nose was any guide, they were right to rush. It was an accident, Hoder said. Had I been paying more attention, I would have heard the warnings sooner. Maybe, maybe, Lop said. Still, I regret it, particularly since it happened to you. I'm not sure what you mean. He hoped the man wasn't about to say what he dreaded might be coming. He heard Lop edge closer. You're Jarl Hoder, hero of the old bridge. How had this smith recognized him? He shook his head slowly. Name for him, but I'm not him. I'm far too young. I heard the story from my father, who had it from his older brother, who was there, in the very battle that saved this city. You absolutely fit the description. Lopped edged closer still, and when he spoke, his voice was hard for even Hoder to hear. Hoder, son of Odin, held the bridge alone against a war band of Jotun reinforcements. Alone! He didn't even fall when a snow bear spat its venom into his eyes, searing them from his head. Only when he had killed the beast with hands as strong as the thunderers did he fall. Holding a forced smile, Hodor cocked his head to listen for any murmurs from the crowd behind him. Whispers that might suggest Lopt had been overheard. I'm not him, Hodor said. Not anymore. He was Hodor the Blind. Hoder the Wanderer. Hoder the Outcast. He could no more wield a spear and stand on the wall than he could dodge a wild horse. But even as he thought it, the wiser part of his mind objected. He'd left Gladsheim angry, jealous, and ashamed. And now that he was here in Ifington with Alara, he was becoming Hoder the Happy. Lop's fingers drummed an odd rhythm on the table. Your secret is safe with me, Jarl. Hodor leaned in. Don't use that title. It's not mine. Only because you walked away from it, or so the stories say. I am not him. His whisper cut through the laughter and conversation surrounding their table. And why would it matter if I was? Why is it important? Jarl Hodor, if he exists, is not important. Not important? Lopped barked a short laugh. If it wasn't for him, Ifington would probably be a Jotun stronghold now. Again. 
No, his sacrifice, your sacrifice, helped make this town what it is today. That's ridiculous. Lopped wrapped the table once. No, it's not. Everything comes down to the actions of a few people who are in the right place at the right time. The Norns scratch and paint the doom of all into Yggdrasil's bark. Yours, mine, everyone's. Hoder shook his head. The Azur make their own doom. Lopped grabbed his elbow, his hand rough and strong, and gave a warm squeeze. Only a son of Odin would say that. So, am I right? A warm flush spread up from where Lopped grabbed him. Hodor frowned it away and pulled his arm back. Lower your voice, Smith. Of course, Jarl, of course, Lopped said, delight shining in his voice. And may I say, it's an honor to meet you. An honor to meet a maimed warrior whose name has withered in the shadows cast by his brothers? Hodor sniffed. The Jarl I was no longer exists. I'm simply blind Hodor. Just a man. It's taken me a lifetime to make my peace with it, but I have, and now I'm ready to reforge my name just as you might a broken blade. Alar's laughter floated above the rougher sounds of the traders. He smiled as he heard it, realizing, in that instant of her mirth, that what he'd said was true. I can see that, Jarl. Hoder raised a finger. Apologies, Lop said, his voice heavy with respect, like an overladen cart. It's clear to me that you have. I'm honored to have met you. I wish you continued long life to every happiness. Hodor's smile faded. He followed the sound of Alara's voice around the wide hall as she moved among the traders, laughing with them while delivering food and drink. Did I say something wrong? Lopped asked. If I caused offense. It's nothing, Hodor said with a shake of his head. His thoughts fled to the heavy, round burden in his rucksack. He hadn't eaten any of it, nor had he mentioned it to Alara. My wife and I have two boys, Lop said. Honestly, I'm surprised she hasn't divorced me by now. What with the time I spend away or in the forge banging away at metals. Woodworking too these days as my strength's begun fading. But I've taught my sons the trade I learned, so that, at least, will continue. Hopefully I've driven all the flaws I see in me out of them, but who knows what new ones I've hammered in, eh? Hoder nodded, but his mouth watered at the thought of the fruit's skin popping as he bit into it. If you don't mind me asking, Jarl, but are you two... you and the mistress here? You know. Married? Hoder shook his head. You seem happy with her, the smith said, as if he hadn't heard. And I'm sure her father would be thrilled to have her marry so well. Hoder raised a hand, cutting off the smith's words. He shifted slightly, so that he faced Lopped. As if anticipating a rebuke, Lopped said, Jarl, if I went too far, let me... It's not that simple. For one thing, she doesn't have any family except her brother. I see, but that doesn't necessarily complicate a marriage. If I may, Jarl, do you get along well with the brother? The smith squeezed Hoder's forearm, his hand warm and strong in a companionable gesture as he asked in a hushed voice, And does he know who you are? Hoder flushed as he remembered the strength that had burned through him as he fought the Jotun vanguard to a standstill on the old bridge. He'd held that bridge alone with a spear till it had shattered and then an axe and shield until they too had broken. 
His eyes burned anew as the sight in his mind's eye shifted to the snow bear and its spit, that thick blob of green-black venom as it seemed to take forever before it splattered across his broken shield and then burned through it. That shield, broken though it was, had saved his life, and ruined it as much as the venom had eaten his eyes and ravaged his face. A sudden need for the taste of Yggdrasil's fruit rushed through him. His stomach gurgled and his mouth watered. He picked up a cup and turned toward the kegs, breaking contact with the smith's hand, and poured himself a mouthful of the sweeter of the ales. He drank it down quickly and wiped his mouth with the back of one shaking hand. Your, your pardon, Hoder. Are, are you all right? He wiped sweat from his face. Of course, just thirsty. Can I pour you another? On me. Don't mind if I do. Thank you, my friend. Hoder listened for the scrape of lopsed cup on the table, picked it up and filled it. He ignored the sweat dampening his lower back and armpits. He daubed at his upper lip and forehead with his sleeve. It has grown warm in here, Lop said. Feels like my forge right before I really get to work. The smith took a loud sip from the fresh cup. If I may, in all the many winters I've stayed at this wayhouse, I can't say I've ever seen the mistress as happy as these last few. Have you thought about putting yourself forward to the brother? I bet he approves. It's not that simple, Hoda repeated. What could be simpler? You like her? She likes... He made his tone sharp and struck at the humor in Lopt's voice. How old am I, Lopt? Lopt was quiet for a long moment. I see what you mean, Jarl. He leaned in toward the smith. Do you? I held the old bridge before it was called old and it was dozens more years before there was a new bridge. And that alone was probably twenty winters before you were born. Nothing is simple for me or my family. Lop said nothing. He could barely hear the smith breathing above the anger pounding in his ears. He might curse Ron for taking his eyes, but her husband had strengthened his other senses. Apparently, I have a gift for offending you, Lop finally said which is the opposite of my intent, especially since I've already caused you much injury. But if you'd allow one further piece of unasked-for advice, no matter how strong the magic that keeps you young, you're still a man, with a man's needs and a man's desire to have his name remembered. The smith tapped the table twice and stepped away. Alara's sweet voice rose above the crowd's din and the pounding anger in his ears. She bid lopped a good night. Did he still wish to be remembered? In a quiet voice, Hoder said. Yes, I think so. Well, folks, that was chapter 55 of Kinsman Die. I hope you enjoyed it. Hoder spoke with the smith, Lopt. That was the dude whose horse trampled Hoder. Lopt apologized, and it seemed he figured out that Hoder was the original Hoder, defender of the old bridge. This interaction awakened memories in Hoder of the man he'd been and brought the choice he appears to be faced with into focus. Next week, we're back with Vidar. Until then, if you have the time and inclination, please rate or review the podcast. It helps boost the show's visibility, as does sharing it. As always, I'm going to read from the Bellows and Larrington translations of the Halamal, the sayings of the High One. Bellows, verse 55. A measure of wisdom each man shall have but never too much let him know. For the wise man's heart is seldom happy, if wisdom too great he has won.
Larrington, verse 55. Averagely wise a man ought to be, never too wise. For a wise man's heart is seldom cheerful, if he who owns it is too wise. Again, a slightly awkward translation from Larrington. Usually Bellows is the more challenging one, simply because he uses older language and much more poetic phrasings. Kajertoff, in his much more literal translation, has this. Not overmuch wise should be each human being, never striving towards wisdom. Because the heart of the wise man becomes seldom merry, if he is on or in all wisdom. So I'm spending so much time on these stanzas, and including Kajertoff's, because stanza 53 begins a sequence in which Odin speaks about people being wise, acquiring wisdom, and how wise they should strive to become. Stanza 56 concludes the sequence, so I'll discuss all this then, but I'll tease it now. For me, these three stanzas were the key to unlocking Odin's character and motivations. But they're not him in the moment, so to speak, but him looking back on his long life and giving his advice, based on his experiences, to whoever hears his voice or reads his words. Thanks for listening.